Welcome to the Magic Valley Bible Church Sermon Podcast. Magic Valley Bible Church has been serving the Magic Valley for 20 years and is located at the corner of Gooding and Main Street in downtown Twin Falls, Idaho. Our service starts at 9 a.m. and is streamed live on our YouTube channel. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.mvbibletf.org or Facebook at facebook.com slash mvbible or YouTube at youtube.com slash mvbible. Magic Valley Bible Church, built on God's Word. I ask uh, this morning that you open up your Bibles to Psalm 119, the book of Psalm 119. I know your bulletin and your insert inside of your bulletin says Psalm 119, 105 through 112, and we will get there eventually. But I've been convicted over uh, this study, and honestly, it's kind of a silly thing, but a meme has been stuck in my head for those of the younger generation. But basically, just a a picture of um, something silly. But it's been uh, convicting to me um, as I've been doing this study and just understanding. And what it shows is it shows somebody on their hands and their knees praying to God, saying, God, speak to me. And there's just a hand out of the clouds holding a Bible right? And so this morning, and I checked with Bear and I said, hey, what do you think about this? And he said, ah, go for it. So this morning, we are going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to allow the Word of God to speak this morning. As I said, I about gave Hillary a heart attack because she saw how many cross-references there are, and we're going to have them up there on the screen for you guys. But I wanted to stand up here and present God's Word, since I am preaching on God's Word, for what it is. It has the power and the authority. I have nothing. But because of the Word of God, it has the power and the authority to change your life in every single aspect, in every single moment. So this morning, I wanted to prepare you for what is about to happen. You are going to be completely saturated in the Word of God. As you will see this morning, it would be amiss if I was to preach on the Word of God and not let the Word of God speak at every possible second that I could. And so that is what I'm going to do here this morning. The Word of God is one of the most important treasured gifts that we have been given. Our first slide is is 2 Timothy 3.16-17, which is a familiar verse to all of us. That says, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. With this in mind, I thought it was important that we not only just jump right to Psalm 105 or Psalm 119, 105 through 112, but if you would allow me this morning, I think we it is important for us to read 
the entire breadth of this chapter. As many of you guys know, this is the longest chapter in the Bible of 176 verses, and so it will take us a while. But I want you guys to see something in this. I want you to see the repetitive nature of this psalm and how over and over and over the psalmist actually proclaims that this is your word. He proclaims his love for it. And over and over and over, he proclaims how it sustains him. This is what I want you to see this morning in reading Psalm 119. So everybody, beginning Psalm 119, starting with verse 1. It reads this, How blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. How blessed are those who observe his testimonies, who seek him with all their heart. They also do no unrighteousness. They walk in his ways. You have ordained your precepts that, you, that we should keep them diligently. Oh, that my ways may be established to keep your statutes. Then I shall not be ashamed when I look upon your commandments. I shall give thanks to you with uprightness of heart. When I learn of your righteous judgments, I shall keep your statutes. Do not forsake me utterly. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. With all my heart, I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. Your word I have treasured in my heart, that I may not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. My, with my lips, I have told uh, of all the ordinances of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. I shall delight in your statutes. I shall not forget your word. Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things from your law. I am a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. My soul is crushed with longing after your ordinances at all times. You rebuke the arrogant, the cursed, who wandered from your commandments. Take away reproach and contempt from me, for I observe your testimonies. Even though princes sit and talk against me, your servant meditates on your statutes. Your testimonies also are my delight. They are my counselors. My soul cleaves to the dust. Revive me according to your word. I have told of my ways, and you have answered me. Teach me your statutes. Teach me understanding, un, to understand the way of your precepts. So I will meditate on your wonders. My soul weeps because of grief. Strengthen me according to your word. Remove the false way from me, and graciously grant me your law. I have chosen the faithful way. I have placed your ordinances before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Do not put me to shame. I shall run the way of your commandments, for you will enlarge my heart. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall observe it to the end. Give me understanding that I may observe your law and keep it with all my heart. Make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to dishonest gain. Turn away my eyes from looking at vanity and revive me in your ways. Establish your word to your servant as that which produces reverence for you. Turn away my reproach which I dread, for your ordinances are good. 
Behold, I long for your precepts. Revive me through your righteousness. May your loving kindness also come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your word, so that I have an answer for him who reproaches me. For I trust in your word, and do not take the truth, the word of truth, utterly out of my mouth. For I wait for your ordinances, so I will keep your law continually, forever and ever. And I will walk at liberty, for I seek your precepts. I will also speak of your testimonies before kings, and shall not be ashamed. I shall delight in your commandments, which I love, and I shall lift up my hands to your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. Remember the word to your servant in which you have made me uh, hope. This is my comfort in my affliction, that your word has revived me. The arrogant utterly er, deride me. Yet I do not turn aside from your law. I have remembered your ordinances from of old, O Lord, and comfort myself. Burning indignation has seized me because of the wicked who forsake your law. Your statutes are my song in the house of my pilgrimage. O Lord, I remember your name in the night and keep your law. This has become mine, that I observe your precepts. The Lord is my portion. I have promised to keep your word. I sought your favor with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your word. I considered my ways and turned my feet to your testimonies. I hastened and did not delay to keep your commandments. The cords of the wicked have encircled me, but I have not forgotten your law. At midnight I shall rise to give thanks to you because of your righteous ordinances. I am a companion of all those who fear you and of those who keep your precepts. The earth is full of your loving kindness, O Lord, teach me your statutes. You have dealt with me with your, well with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. Teach me good discernment and knowledge, for I believe in your commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. The arrogant have forgotten, or forged a lie against me with all my heart. I will observe your precepts. Their heart is covered with fat, but I delight in your law. It is good uh, for me that I was afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and pieces of silver. Your hands made, made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. May those who fear you see me and be glad, because I wait for you your word. I know, O Lord, that your judgments and righteous uh, and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. O oh, may your loving kindness comfort me according to your word to your servant. May your compassion come to me that I may live for your law is my delight. May the arrogant be ashamed for this uh, subvert, for they subvert me with a lie. But I shall meditate on your precepts. May those who fear you turn to me. Even those who know your testimonies, may my heart be blameless in your statutes, so that I will not be ashamed. My soul languishes for your salvation. I wait for your word. My eyes fail with longing for your word. While I say, when will you comfort me? Though I have become like a wineskin in smoke, I do not forget your statutes. How many, day, how many are the days of your servant? When will you execute judgment on those who persecute me? 
The arrogant have dug pits for me, men who are not in accord, in accord with your law. All your commandments are faithful. They have persecuted me with a lie. Help me. They almost destroyed me on earth. But as for me, I did not forsake your precepts. Revive me according to your loving kindness so that I may keep the testimonies of your mouth. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness continues throughout all generations. You establish the earth and it stands. They stand this day according to your ordinances for all things are your servants. If your law had not been my delight, then I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have revived me. I am yours. Save me. For I have sought your precepts. The wicked wait for me to destroy me. I shall diligently consider your testimonies. I have seen a limit to all perfection. Your commandment is exceedingly broad. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever mine. I have more insight than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the age because I have observed your precepts. I have restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. I have not turned aside from your ordinances, for you yourself have taught me how sweet are your words to my taste. Yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. From your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn and I will confirm it that I will keep your righteous ordinances. I am exceedingly afflicted. Revive me, O Lord, according to your word. O accept the freewill offering of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me your ordinances. My life is continually in my hand, yet I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I have not gone astray from your precepts. I have inherited your testimonies forever for the joy of my heart, for they are the joy of my heart. I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever, even to the end. I hate those who are double-minded, but I love your law. You are my hiding place and my shield. I wait for your word. Depart from me, evildoers, that I may observe the commandments of my God. Sustain me according to your word, that I may live. And do not let me be ashamed of my hope. Uphold me, that I may be safe, that I may have regard for your statutes continually. You have rejected all those who wander from your statutes, for their uh, deceitfulness is useless. You have removed all the wickedness of the earth like dross. Therefore, I love your testimonies. My flesh trembles for fear of you, and I am afraid of your judgments. I have done justice and righteous. Do not let me uh, leave me to my oppressors. Be surety uh, for your servant for good. Do not let the arrogant oppress me. My eyes fail with longing for your salvation and your righteous word. Deal with your servant according to your loving kindness and teach me your statutes. I am your servant. Give me understanding that I may know your testimonies. It is time for the Lord to act, for they have broken your law. Therefore, I love your commandments above gold. Yes, above fine gold. Therefore, I esteem right all your precepts concerning everything. I hate every false way. Your testimonies are wonderful. Therefore, my soul observes them. The unfolding of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. 
I opened my mouth wide and panted, for I long for your commandments. Turn to me and be gracious to me after your manner with those who love your name. Establish my footsteps in your word, and do not let any iniquity have dominion over me. Redeem me from the oppression of man, that I may keep your precepts. Make your face shine upon your servant, and teach me your statutes. My eyes shed streams of water, because they do not keep your law. Righteous are you, O Lord, and upright are your judgments. You have commanded your testimonies in righteousness and exceeding faithfulness. My zeal has consumed me because my adversaries have forgotten your words. Your word is very pure, therefore your servant loves it. I am small and despised, yet I do not forget your precepts. Your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and your law is truth. Trouble and anguish have come upon me, yet your commandments are my delight. Your testimonies are righteous forever. Give me understanding that I may live. I cried with all my heart, answer me, O Lord. I will observe your statutes. I cried to you, save me, and I shall keep your testimonies. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I wait for your words. My eyes anticipate the night watches that I may meditate on your word. Hear my voice according to your loving kindness. Revive me, O Lord, according to your ordinances, those who follow after wickedness. Draw near. They are far from your law. You are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are truth. Of old I have known from your testimonies that you have founded them forever. Look upon my affliction and rescue me, for I do not forget your law. Plead my case and redeem me. Revive me according to your word. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they do not seek your statutes. Great are your mercies, O Lord. Revive me according to your ordinances. Many are my persecutors and my adversaries, yet I do not turn aside from your testimonies. I behold the treacherous and loathe them, because they do not keep your word. Consider how I love your precepts. Revive me, O Lord, according to your loving kindness. The sum of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous ordinances is everlasting. Princes persecute me without cause, but my heart stands in awe of your words. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great spoil. I hate and despise falsehood, but I love your law. Seven times a day I praise you because of your, love, or because of your righteous ordinances. Those who love your law have great peace, and nothing causes them to stumble. I hope for your salvation, O Lord, and do your commandments. My soul keeps your testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I keep your precepts and your testimonies, for all my ways are before you. Let, me, let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. Let my supplication come before you. Deliver me according to your word. Let my lips utter praise, for you teach me your statutes. Let my tongue sing of your word for all your commandments and righteousness. Let your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. Let my soul live that I may praise you, and let your ordinances help me. I have gone astray like a sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. Let us pray. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, God, we do come to you in prayer again. 
just so grateful over this written word that you've given us. God, that has been passed down through generations, the word that you have sustained that is perfect and without error, the word that lifts us up, that sustains us, that corrects us, that teaches us. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for chapters like Psalm 119, where we can meditate and we can hear the love of the psalmist for your word and for your precepts and for your testimonies. And all of these drive back to the written word of God. God, we thank you for the promises that your word holds. The promises that we know are sure and true because they come from a holy and a living God. God, be with your servant this morning. Pray this in your most heavenly name. Amen. I appreciate you all staying with me and staying awake during that reading. But what a great reminder. Psalm 119 continually over and over, as I said before, reminds us that your word is the thing that does everything to follow. This chapter does not show someone who is just obeying God's word for the sake of trying to appease God. This chapter does not show someone who is trying to appease God for the sake of salvation by doing good works. This chapter shows the true, pure love for God's word and the understanding of the power in the life of the believer. We know we are not saved by our perfect obedience to the law. We know that according to Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. It is not by obedience that you are saved. It is by the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross and faith in him. This, of course, does not downplay the importance of a correct gospel message. Oftentimes, and this is what Bear has even been teaching through in Jonah, that we are not called to just do good works and other people will be saved around us because of those good works. Romans 10, 14 through 17 tells us, How then will they call on Him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in Him in whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet who bring good news of good things. However, they did not all heed the good news, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report. So faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. True saving faith must be first preceded with a correct biblical gospel. Anything outside of Scripture, if you are trying to save somebody on, your, on their own merits, or you are presenting them a Jesus Christ that is not the Jesus of Scripture, you are presenting them with a false gospel. True saving faith must be preceded with a clear and concise gospel message. 
I make this statement to make sure that it is clear that we are talking about those who have true saving faith in Jesus because of the gospel message that you have heard and because of God opening your heart to such a truth. Because of this grace that we have been given, God gives us, God makes us a new creature. 2 Corinthians 5.17, once again, another very familiar verse for all of us. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things pass away, behold, new things have come. Which, of course, this means that our attitude towards the things of God changes. Our desires change. This is the fruit produced in the life of one who has been saved. The love of God's Word that we see here in Psalm 119 is not the love that is just produced over obeying rules. I don't know about you guys, but whenever somebody tells me that I have to do something, I, my flesh pushes back pretty hard and says, no, I don't want to do it. But yet, do you see the love of God and the love of His Word through this chapter? It is because God makes us a new creature. This is what we see here in the heart of the psalmist. A heart that longs after God and one that longs to obey His Word. For we have been made a new creature in Christ just as we read. And Ephesians tells us, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 tells us why. In saying, for we are His workmanship created in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. This is the focus of our study here this morning, and one that we cannot miss. It is because of the blood of Christ, because of His atoning sacrifice on the cross that satisfied the wrath of God. Christ's righteousness is imputed to us, just as our sin was imputed to Him on the cross. All of this is to set us apart We are created a new creature so that we may have the desires of God in that we now hate the things that we used to do. And we now love the things of God. Just as you are saved through faith alone in Christ alone, it is also worth worth mentioning that you are fully saved. I don't want to approach a passage like this and have you think that, like some cults out there, think that Jesus paid part of it and I have a responsibility to pay the rest with my obedience. This is not the call of this passage. You are fully saved because of the atoning sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. This is what is meant by what we see in John 19:28 through 30 where it says after this Jesus knowing that all things had already been accomplished to fulfill the scripture said I am thirsty a jar full of sour wine was standing there so they put a full or a sponge full of sour wine upon a branch of hyssop and brought it up to his mouth Therefore, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Do you hear the words in that passage there? It says, After this, 
Jesus knowing that all things had already been accomplished. He knew that his work had been done. He knew by proclaiming that it is finished that he was proclaiming that the wrath of God had been satisfied upon the cross and is no longer going to be poured out on us for those who believe. And because of this, we are now new creatures in Christ. We now desire the things that we used to hate. What the author of, of this psalm is talking about is not just, I have to follow God's laws now. But he shows an attitude that he delights in following them. Once again, this is not a have to, but a get to situation. We get to follow our, our master's commands. I know that many of you guys have heard this several times. And I know that you understand that we are not saved by perfect obedience to the law. But what a great reminder for all of us. It is the faith that God has given us that has changed us to delight in the word of God and in obedience to the same. Everybody turn in your Bibles with me. Of course, that was an introduction. So, But what a great reminder for us. Everybody turn with me to Psalm 119, starting with 105 and going through 112. Once again, we read, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn and I will confirm it that I will keep your righteous ordinances. I am exceedingly afflicted. Revive me, O Lord, according to your word. O accept the freewill offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me your ordinances. My life is continually in my hand, yet I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I have not gone astray from your precepts. I have inherited your testimonies forever, for they are the joy of my heart. I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever, even to the end. There's a reason that out of the 176 verses that we just read, that we came to this particular passage. Specifically with how verse 105 starts out. Verse 105 starts out with two simple words. Your word. Your word. As I was studying this, I just continually kept focusing on those two words and what kept coming up to mind, and I want you guys to recall what we've been studying in Jonah. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1, says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah. And then in Jonah chapter 3, verse 1 through 2, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and proclaim to it the proclamation which I am going to tell you. I sat there in awe and amazement at these two passages that we've been studying through. 
the amazement is that God did not just tell Jonah to go and tell the people about your experiences. Isn't that what the church tries to do today? Let me tell you about how I experience God. God didn't tell Jonah to go and just start doing good works for the people of Nineveh. But isn't that what the church tries to do today? They go and they just they say, well, I'm just going to go do good things and through that they are somehow going to be saved. Just as I read in the very beginning, and just as God proclaimed to Jonah, God has given you the words to proclaim for the sake of salvation. There is only one word of God, and there is only one authority that holds everything to the sake of its truth. He told him to go, and that God would give him his words to proclaim. Once again, the only words that have authority and power to save. I want you to understand something. We see statements like this, and yet the church at large wants to downplay the Word of God. It wants to take parts out that might be offensive. It wants to soften portions that might convict us and call us to repentance. We think that we have a better way. But what we have really lost is we have lost our reverence for God's Word. We have lost our love for it. I want you to understand that this book that you hold in your hands or on your laps is the perfect and holy Word of God. It is the only word that can be proclaimed as truth, in which it is the standard of what is true. There is no other word that is above the word of God. I say that again, there is no other word that is above the word of God. This is a fact sometimes that I think we disregard and we push to the side. And it's evident in how we treat God's word. But do you not understand how big of a gift and blessing it is to have the Word of God? We're talking about the Creator of all things. The One who holds the oceans in His hand. Isaiah 40 verse 12 tells us who has measured the waters in the hollow of His hand and marked off the heavens by the span and calculated the dust of the earth by the measure and weighed the mountains in a balance, and the hills in a pair of scales. It is this God that is all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipresent, omnipotent, sovereign over all things, and yet you hold His Word in your hands. This perfect, holy Word. And yet, what do we do with it? We take His words and we bend them. We change them. We think God really didn't say that. But really what we're doing is we're, saying, we're trying to bend God's words to conform to our sinful nature. Or even yet, what we do is we actually put it on a shelf 
And we only take it off and we dust it off every Sunday so we can come to church. Do you guys understand the magnitude of what I'm talking about this morning? This is Yahweh, the creator of all things. And He has given you His Word. Read it. This is why the psalmist throughout Psalm 119 reminds us whose word you hold. He makes it clear that it is God's word that does what he writes to follow. That is God's perfect, holy, and inerrant word. Once again in Psalm 119.105, we see preceding and understanding whose word we are talking about. He then makes two very similar, similar statements. He says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. These two phrases have a similarity in that a lamp and light are both used for the point of illumination. Both of these phrases do talk about the walk of the believer, but I want you guys to see what he's talking about here. Now, I don't want to get cute and twist God's words. What he is talking about and what the psalmist is writing about is he is talking about light. I am sure that many of us have heard this verse and come up with a summation that God's word lights the way. But without God's word, what do we have? We have nothing but darkness. Do you see the contrast that's on display here? It says your word is the lamp and the light. But without God's word, we would have nothing but darkness. God so, has so clearly shown us throughout the pages of Scripture in detail what it is like to walk in darkness compared to walking in light. This understanding also allows us to grasp that light is light in which one who seeks after and desires God is one that we walk in. But in contrast to this light, we see in Proverbs 4.19, it says, The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. And then in Isaiah 59.10, it says, We grope along the wall like blind men. We grope like those who have no eyes. We stumble at midday as in the twilight. Among those who are vigorous, we are like dead men. And then one more in Deuteronomy 28.29, it says, And you will grope at noon as the blind man gropes in darkness. And of course, in this Deuteronomy text, it is talking specifically about Israel's disobedience to God. We also understand that Jesus is the light. But we can see by what he says in the book of John that the world and men don't love the light. They love the darkness. John 3, 19 through 20 says this, This is the judgment, that the light, talking about Jesus, has come into the world. 
and men loved the darkness rather than the light. For their deeds were evil, for everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. We can all see and comprehend what's going on here. To walk in darkness is to walk blindly, with no aim, not seeing where you are going. All we're doing is we're stumbling and we're fumbling around, groping in the darkness. Then Jesus comes in and clarifies what's going on. Those who are in the dark actually love the dark. And they hate the light. This light illuminates everything around it and exposes the deeds that are done in the dark. However, Jesus says in John 8:12, then Jesus spoke again to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. This verse right here solidifies the fact of what I actually started talking about in the very beginning. That Jesus himself is the light and without him we have nothing but darkness. This is what we see in Psalm 119 through its entirety is the love of God because God has produced the light. To shed the darkness. It is because of the indwelling Holy Spirit that our path can be illuminated by God's word. It is through his light and through the light of his word that makes it to where we can see. Oh, and we are really quick running out of time. Sorry, guys. Bear with me. So in comparison to this darkness, we can see that in him, the path is bright. That's what this verse is talking about. We are guided by the light because our Lord is our light. Psalm 27.1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? 1 John 1.5-7 says, This is the message we have heard from Him and announced to you that God is light and in Him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He Himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. It is because of the light of God in us and the light of His Word that we can even see the path that is before us. And not only this, but in the path we can see the snares that so easily encompass us. Psalm 119 verse 9 says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. 
And then if you look with your eyes at Psalm 119.10, it says, The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I have not gone astray from your precepts. God's Word is a lamp to our feet. And God does guide our steps. We can see this truth evident in verses such as Proverbs 16.9, which says, The mind of a man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And then Psalm 37.23, which says, The steps of a man are established by the Lord, and he delights in his way. But God does not guarantee that this path that is so well lit is going to be easy. Matthew 5.10 says, Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Or Romans 8.35-37 says, Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Just as it is written, for your sake we are being put to death all day long. We were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through Him who loved us. God does not guarantee in this single verse that your burden is going to be completely taken away. That persecution and troubles and trials in this world are going to be done away with. What He does promise in this is that He will light the way and that He will always be with us. That is the comfort and the hope and the peace that we have in Jesus Christ our Lord. God is clear that the road is not easy and that it is narrow. But He is also clear that He will light the path. You will not walk in darkness. You will see His will, which is His light. I bring this up because we often miss this fact. We cannot miss this point in 105. God guides us with the light of His Word, which is His will in how we are to walk. Hebrews 13, 20-21 tells us, Now the God of peace, who brought you up from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, equip you in every good thing to do His will, working in us that which is pleasing in His sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. And 1 Timothy 2, 3-4 says, This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. We can see God's will present in His truth. But as I was preparing this message and I was, I was going through it, a thought came to my head. Many of you might be thinking, I know I'm saved. But the light or the will of God seems dim. 
I'm not sure what it is. A little while ago, I brought up Proverbs 4.19, but I want everybody to turn in your Bibles with me to Proverbs 4, verse 18. Because Proverbs 4, verse 19 talks about what it is like to walk in darkness. That's the verse that actually talks about how we are like a blind man and we stumble along a wall and that we fumble around and that we can't see what we actually are tripping or stumbling over. But 4.18 paints a different picture where it says, but the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the full day. Look at the words of what is said right there. It says the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. But what does this mean? This paints a great mental picture for us of a sunrise, dawn, and how you can actually see things that are out in front of you, but they might be a little bit blurry, or you might be able to just see the shadows. And as the sun continues to rise, the path and where you are and everything around you gets brighter and brighter and brighter. This proverb is talking about the sanctification process that happens in the life of the believer. The path or the will of God might seem dim at first. And just like God does not fully glorify us on the day of justification, so too does He not fully reveal the breath of His Word to us all at once. This is a process. And it is one that we must be actively involved in. You must go to His Word and study it day after day after day. You must be like the one who is described in Psalm 1, verse 2, which says, But His delight is in the law of the Lord, and He meditates on it day and night. As you have heard me say before, it keeps opening up or the path or God's will keeps getting brighter and brighter and brighter. The more you study, the more you read, the more God impresses His Word on your heart and you meditate on it constantly. You must remain faithful to God and keep focused on His Word. I will tell you something. To keep in mind, you will never know the depths of God's Word while you're here on the earth. But what a beautiful thing that is. That the knowledge and the wisdom of God that He has given us is just a fraction of who He is, and yet He is so big that even this little fraction that we get to see, we cannot reach its depths. God's will that He reveals through His Word is our sanctification. 1 Thessalonians 4, 1-7 reads this, Finally then, brethren, we request and exhort you in the Lord Jesus, that as you receive from us instruction as how you ought to walk and please God, 
just as you actually do walk, that you excel still more. For you know what commandments we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. That is, that you abstain from sexual immorality. That to each of you know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in lustful passion, like the Gentiles who do not know God. And that no man transgress and defraud his brother in the matter, because the Lord is the avenger in all these things. Just as we also told you before and solemnly warned you, for God has not called us for the purpose of impurity, but in sanctification. You can see the love of God's word here in Psalm 119. You can see the depths and the riches. You can see the hope and the assurance. We can see through it how God sustains us and lifts us up and how God convicts us of our sin. Throughout this, in this whole psalm, we can see that the writer meditates on God's word. But I want you to draw your attention back to the very last verse of Psalm 119. Everybody turn in your Bibles back to Psalm 119, verse 176. So look at it. It says, I have gone astray like a sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. This single verse right here points to the fact that we do stumble and we do sin. However, I want to bring up the point that God's standard of holiness does not change just as His Word does not change. Remember that what you hold in your hands is the living Word of God. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. My exhortation here this morning is that you study God's Word. And may it be a lamp into your feet, a light into your path. And God will continue to change you into the likeness of His Son until your final day. Be diligent in your study and meditate on it day and night. May our lives echo the words of the psalmist in 119, verse 112, where he says, I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever, even to the end. May this be true in our lives and in mine, that the desire of my heart is to be ever changed by the word of God until my time on earth has come to an end. Let us pray. God, it is just echoing in my heart and in, in my mind 
How majestic is your name. God, when approaching your word, we, we, hum, we are humbled in the understanding that it is the perfect and holy God that he is, that you have given us your word and you have given us your word for our good, for our correction, for our teaching. God, that you've given us the word of grace so that through it you would save us. God, be with us as we leave this place. Help us to understand the importance of your word. Prepare our hearts in diligent study so that we may be adequately equipped for every good work, for your glory and for your honor and for your praise. God, we do pray this in your most heavenly name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Magic Valley Bible Church Sermon Podcast. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.mvbibletf.org or Facebook at facebook.com slash mvbible or YouTube at youtube.com slash mvbible.